0: It's great to see you, great to be a part of worship. I'm so glad you're here this morning um, for our time of worship. You know, we are beginning a new Easter series today that I'm calling Closer and Closer. And so perhaps at this moment you're thinking, well, why in the world, Tommy, would you begin an Easter series after Easter? That's a great question. The reason why I'm doing an Easter series is because in the Christian tradition, Easter is not just one day. It's actually an entire season. It's actually 49 days, seven weeks. It ends with Pentecost Sunday, which will be on May the 28th. Easter is a series. Throughout the uh, a season. And throughout the season of Easter, we'll have white on. Uh, the clergy will wear white stoles. I'm wearing this beautiful stole. One of the joys of being able to serve a church full of retired United Methodist pastors is they're always gifting me stuff. And so this beautiful stole came from the Reverend Dr. Bill Mullins, and so I'm wearing it in his honor today. Um, it is the color of white. It is for purity. It is a symbol of goodness. It is a symbol of the light of Christ. It is a symbol of resurrection. And so you'll see all of our pyramids are white and the stoles that the clergy are wearing white. It's because of the season of Easter. And since Easter is a season, I think Easter should have a series. A sermon series and so we're calling the sermon series closer and closer and so all the way up until we get ready to celebrate Pentecost the birth of the church the when the Holy Spirit came in all its power we are going to be looking at some of those post resurrection stories of Jesus's life so after he's risen from the dead And yet, before he ascends back to heaven to be with God, there are all of these stories about Jesus that we're going to look at over the next several weeks. And what I hope you will see in all of those stories is at least one common thread. And that is, after the resurrection, before Jesus ascended back to be with God, Jesus returned to his friend's Because Jesus wanted to be close to them. And not only did Jesus want to be close to them, Jesus wanted them to be close to Him. And then when Jesus ascends back to heaven to go and to be with God, the hope is that all of us who remain will be closer to one another as we live out our faith Expecting one day to see Christ again. Closer and closer is the name of this series. Now today's passage of scripture is this text from John chapter 20 verses 19 through 31. And the title of the sermon today is uh, Reach Out and Touch. Reach Out and Touch. Now, before we go any further into the sermon, I want to point out that this is one of those biblical texts that I could preach on for weeks and weeks and weeks and still not uncover all of the nuggets of gold that I think you can find in this passage of Scripture. And so I'm not going to try to uh, mine all of those pieces of gold for you today. And so there's a really good chance that if you have questions about this text or you have curiosities about this text, that I am not going to be able to address all of those questions and curiosities. But what I hope you will take away from the sermon today and from this text today is that Jesus welcomes people to get as close as they need to get in order to believe and in order to receive the peace of Christ jesus welcomes all of us to get as close to jesus as we need to get in order to receive and believe in the peace of christ for thomas it even meant an opportunity to reach out and to touch jesus now i think it's strange that this text takes place on the evening of the first easter And the reason why I think it's strange that it takes place on the evening of the first Easter is because if you remember on Easter morning, Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb. She has an encounter with the risen Christ and she is told by Jesus to go back and tell the others that he has risen from the dead and that one day he will ascend to heaven to be with the Father. But I don't really get the sense that Mary has done a great job of sharing that good news because there's no rejoicing, at least at the beginning of the text that we've read this morning, uh, by these group of disciples. Now, maybe they're not rejoicing because they, um, how shall we say it in a vernacular that you might be familiar with today? Maybe the disciples thought that what Mary said was fake news. Maybe they didn't trust the reliability of this woman. Certainly in the first century, uh, the credibility, the reliability of a woman was not highly regarded in, in, in that part of the world. In fact, even today, you might argue that that's still the case. And so maybe uh, they heard Mary proclaim that she had seen the risen Lord and that she was supposed to come and tell them about her, but maybe they just had trouble believing what Mary said was true. Or maybe the reason why there's no rejoicing at the beginning of our passage of Scripture today is because this particular group of disciples had not yet heard the testimony of Mary Magdalene. Maybe when Mary went to some of the disciples, this group that is gathered together in the room where we find them in our passage of Scripture, maybe they hadn't even heard that testimony yet. We don't know why, but this group of disciples have gathered together uh, in a room. And the only clue that John gives us is that they are there locked up in this room and terrified because they're afraid that the people who crucified Jesus may be coming after them next so that they would do to them what they've already done to him. And doesn't it seem like faith, uh, like uh, fear is always stronger at night, too? I I feel that way. Uh, Several years ago, I was looking for an opportunity to get away for a few days, and I wanted to work on some sermons, do some sermon prep. My only requirements were I wanted to be far away from people and distractions, but I needed Internet access so that I could study and prepare for my sermons. And so there was a person in the church that had a cabin up in the mountains. They said, we've got Internet access. You can go up there and you can spend a few days. So I packed up all of my stuff. I go up there all by myself. And that night, this horrific thunderstorm came upon the mountains. And the power went out in this unfamiliar cabin where I was. I remember being so afraid. I didn't know where anything was, I felt like I was miles away from the nearest civilization Uh, every moan and groan that that house made I heard and wondered what it was every sound that was happening out in the woods around that cabin uh, just frightened me to death I found myself saying I want my mommy I mean, can you imagine that there's some of the same feelings and thoughts that are going through the minds of the disciples. They've gathered together, huddled into this room. It's evening time. Uh, They're completely scared out of their minds because they're afraid that what they've done to Jesus they might also do to them. Can't you imagine that group of disciples? Like every time the stairs creaked, they wondered, is it an intruder walking up the stairs or is it just a change in the temperature of the room? Can't you imagine that every time they heard some sort of skittering sound outside of the walls, they began to wonder, is this some unwelcome animal trying to find its way into this locked room? Or is it some unwelcome member of the Sanhedrin that has come to haul us away? You have to wonder what all of these disciples were thinking as they were in this room. Certainly, they were feeling on edge. They were feeling anything but peace. And even when Jesus comes to them and says, peace be with you, it sort of makes me laugh nervously I mean if you can suspend what you know about this text and how many times you've heard it and what you now know about Jesus and what he's done if you were in that room that night for the first time and you had all the doors and windows locked there was no way for anybody to get in and all of a sudden you look up and there's Jesus there a man that you presumed was dead after he was crucified on the cross And he says, peace be with you. That would put me even more on edge. I don't know that it would give me any amount of peace because it would be difficult to process or understand what was going on. And I'm not so sure if I were Jesus that peace be with you would have been the first words that I would have uttered to those disciples. Now, I've been your pastor for five years, and you have come to realize that there are a lot of ways that I am not like Jesus. But if I'm in that room, I'm not saying peace be with you. (laughs) You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say... I'm back. I can you just imagine what that would be like? You like, you know, I've been uh, you all you guys sitting around talking about how you were gonna be so brave. You were gonna stand beside me no matter what. You were gonna walk with me, even if you walk with me to, to the death. You were gonna be there. And now you betray me, some of you deny me, all of you deserted me in one way or the other. I'm back. But that's not what Jesus said, was it? Thank goodness is not what he said. Instead, he comes into the room full of deniers. He comes into the room full of deserters. He comes into the room full of betrayers. He comes in the room and he says, Peace be with you. He meets them and he offers them peace. And as wonderful as that sounds, according to John at least, peace, the peace of Christ wasn't enough. And so John says that Jesus actually showed him the wounds where he'd been crucified. And it was only then that the disciples began to rejoice. But then the real reason that Jesus is there in the first place, he offers to them again. He says, peace be with you he showed them that peace. well I feel a lot like the disciples in that room I feel like a lot of days we just kind of huddle together in one room because the world has become an increasingly more frightening place I mean, we're kind of huddled in a room together today, and yes, the doors are locked. Did you know somebody goes around and locks all the doors after we gather here and worship in the hopes that we might be a little safer? We live in a world that, um, that is increasingly hard to find peace. We live in a world where we're afraid all the time. And, and we can't even agree what the problems are. Just turn on the news at night. We can't even agree what the problems are. Let alone find a way to try to solve the problems. And Jesus comes offering peace. Now, Thomas wasn't there when Jesus first showed up in his post-resurrection state. And we don't really know why. I don't know, maybe they got hungry. They drew straws. Thomas drew the short stick. He had to go out and get food for everybody. Make sure you don't get caught. Make sure you don't get seen. We don't want those folks coming after us. Or or maybe Thomas just uh, dealt better with his feelings by being by himself. Maybe he just needed to get away. We, We don't know why Thomas... Wasn't there? But I think we all can relate to Thomas. When he gets back, the disciples are telling him about how Jesus showed up and and how that he's alive and and how that he, they showed him this, the wounds in his hands and his side. And Thomas says, "Well, unless I can see that, experience that myself, then I'm not going to believe." Have you ever had that experience? Have you ever been around people that they talk about how they've had these wonderful experiences with Christ and you haven't had that experience? And so you find yourself saying, well, wait a minute, how come y'all get to have all these experiences and I haven't had something to happen to me like that? I'm reading a book now that's that's about all of these fantastical stories of of God working in these miraculous ways and and, and as I'm reading I'm like well yeah I've had a few of those in the course of 50 some odd years of life but I haven't had enough of them that I could write an entire book about it I can relate to Thomas Thomas is he just wants to experience what everybody else got to experience during that first post resurrection account that Jesus had and for Thomas he gets it now it happens a week later and I can't help but wonder if if a week has gone by and everybody else has experienced something you've indicated that you want to experience it too and it hasn't happened I wonder if it Thomas had begun to wonder if it was going to happen to him at all and yet a week later, Jesus shows up to him and Jesus offers him the same kind of peace that he offered the other disciples. And then Jesus says, Thomas, reach out and touch the wounds in my hands and in my side. Interestingly enough, John never tells us whether Jesus touched those wounds, as Jesus, uh, whether Thomas touched those wounds I'd like to think that when Thomas says, My Lord and my God, it's not because he actually got to touch the wounds that Jesus invited him to touch, but because Thomas became aware of just how much Jesus was willing to get close to him in order for him to see, to believe, and to receive the peace of Christ. I'd like to think that Thomas proclaimed Jesus my Lord and my God uh, because Jesus didn't dismiss or discount or despise Thomas because of his questions, because of the, what he claimed he needed in order to believe, because of his doubts. It's one of the reasons why I love the St. Mark's Church so much. Is, is as a whole, I believe that this church is a place where you can come and you can bring your doubts. You can bring your questions. You can bring your curiosities. And you won't be dismissed or discounted or despised because you have those questions. You can give voice to what you believe that you need from Christ in order to believe and receive the peace. Peace. I think that Jesus uh, used the doubts and the questions that Thomas had as an opportunity to usher him into faith. And I believe that God can use our doubts, our fears, our questions to draw us closer to Christ as well. So that's what I want to take away from this passage of Scripture today. Jesus didn't let closed doors or solid walls or fearful disciples get in the way of Him coming and giving them what they needed the most, which was the peace of Christ. And I believe that Jesus won't let anything get in the way of Him coming close to us So that we can get whatever it is that we need to believe and to receive the peace that he offers.